why does my partner try to control me? Or why do I try to control my partner? Hey guys, he's Matt. And she's Molly. Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. Where we give you permission to live live an out of control control life. life. That's not always easy. And that's why there's lots to talk about. All right, babe. We're back and we have a review this week. So when you leave a review, we are going to read that and uh so we have our first review we're excited about yeah and it's not a family member and it's not a family member so i'm calling out all family members who are currently listening to our podcast (laughs) step up which which they have texted us and said they're listening i I know my mom and my sister are older sister my mom said she's listening too so i have to be careful what we say about them no we're going to be straightforward we don't we don't have a lot bad say so it's good all right the review is by jc west 21 And he says, this should be fun. I just listened to the opening podcast and I'm excited to see how this story unveils. Real conversation between a real husband and wife about the issues we all face. Matt said Molly talks more than he does when not in public. True. (laughs) When she gets more comfortable in front of the mic, this is going to be even more fun. Great Great podcast, Matt and Molly. I look forward to following. And he gave us five stars. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And we hope that you will rate and review and so you can do that just right here as you're listening actually you can listen and review so click on the name of the podcast and then scroll down and give us a review all right um thank you and i think that might have been from a buddy of mine jeff not 100 percent, but i think so because he's always awesome at referring people and uh very much a giver he's part of a go-giver community that i'm a part of so with Bob Berg. And so we are going to talk about today this issue of control in relationships. Well, first off, we're going to share an interesting fact. You are. And I'm just going to celebrate because you're back in town. Yes, I was out of town last week. I was out in Nashville, which is a freaking amazing place. I loved it. Who said they would be open to moving to Tennessee? You did. And who said no? Well, I love my (laughs) mountains. So, yeah. So I love it, but it is, it, the people were cool and the food was great and the nightlife is really cool. So very cool place. And your interesting fact should be how forgetful you were going to the airport to leave. Oh, okay. But I should tell the story. You should. Okay. My interesting fact is that I'm quite forgetful about things. So I left the other morning, whatever morning it was. So he left a a week ago yesterday. Okay. I mean, tomorrow. You yeah. left on a Saturday. Saturday Early morning. morning. So yep. Friday, mm-hmm. I was like, Matt, because I'm a planner and I like to kind of visually plan what my next day is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so I like to confirm with you. The calendar says your flight takes off at 6.53. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true, honey. Okay, mm-hmm. so 6.53. That means I need to, we need to leave for the airport at 5 mm-hmm. to get you there an hour early. Mm-hmm. So please wake me up at 4.50 a.m. Yeah. So I can pee and brush my teeth. So I set my alarm for 5.30. <laughs> so I hear Matt start the shower and I start waking up and I'm like, oh, I might as well just like wake up now. Mm-hmm. And then I look at my clock and mm-hmm. it says 5.45. Yeah. And you walk in and I'm showering, just casual showering. So I jump out of bed and I'm like, Matt. It's 5.45. No, you go, you go, um, are you going to be late for your flight? And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm like, it's 5.45. You should be at the airport right now. And you're like, 5.45, but my flight doesn't. Oh, yeah, we need to go. 
<laughs> so I jump out of the shower. Fortunately, fortunately, you went out the night before, and so I spent the whole night packing. And so I had, I was and all I had ready cooked dinner the night before before I went out to make sure that you could get all ready. Yes, you were so Which, kind. That doesn't happen. Two things: I don't normally cook dinner if I'm no, going you out. No, you don't. And um, Matt doesn't get ready the night before. How often do you finish getting ready? Well, I rarely like to fly out that early because I hate doing that but it actually worked out so so we we throw the bags in i jump and i'm like you're driving because i don't want to take it yeah so we fly there practically breaking land speed I mean, records our car is called the firebolt yes it's true but it's just a subaru with a turbo so um so we get there i get in i go through i'm hustling through well then like my phone's being funny because it's like it, i do have my ticket but then it's not showing up but i can't quite tell if i've checked in Anyways, no, so, I confirmed you checked in, but well, you had confirmed it. But then when I got to the line where mm -hmm. I was supposed to go through, it wouldn't show up. So I couldn't, I couldn't find my ticket to show the guy to, to, to go through. So then I started walking back and then I, anyway, and then it showed up and then I was like, okay, so I took a screenshot of it and then I went back through the line and I got there and I got there just in time for them to tell me that the flight was delayed an hour. So, well, no, <laughs> so it, wasn't, then, it wasn't delayed an hour at first. Cause you were like, it's delayed and you called me. And said it's delayed. I made it on time, and then like five minutes later, you called and said I forgot my computer. Can you overnight it? I'll text you the info when I have it. Yeah. And I said okay, but then twenty minutes later, when I'm almost to our house, you call me again, mm -hmm. and then you said it's delayed again for yeah, an hour. An, another, yeah. So it's like an hour Do and you a half. Late. Can you Would bring you me my computer? Bring it back to me. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's exactly what I want to do. I want to drive to the airport again and drive home from the airport again. So my Saturday morning started out with um, over two hours in the car. Yeah. yeah. It was great. You were amazing. But it was so critical. Like not having my computer would have been a real train wreck. But I, was... I wish I could say that was the only time anything crazy has happened with you mm -hmm. involving the airport, but it's not. No. Why? Like I would never have lost my Driver's ID license? while we were all traveling together as a family. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know if people enjoy like story time. Let us know if you like in story. Okay. What was uh, okay? I'm going to create a website. I'm going to create together. I'm going to create a website that is a feedback site, and so if you you can give us feedback or ask questions there. Are you like yes, I love the stories, or no, please skip them. I don't care actually about yes your life since it's probably only our family. I just want your they knowledge. Love our stories, so. I do have one interesting fact I'll share. Real quick. Okay, quick interesting fact. Go yeah. for it. Um, I'm going to preface it with, Mom, don't worry. I'm not going to be a witch. Oh. But I did just get my first tarot card deck. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just think it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. We've been in a little bit of a spiritual exploration journey, and so you... Um, you've had Which which actually, interestingly, the other day you asked, you asked a question... So most people may not be into this stuff or feel it's even potentially bad, but you pulled a card, uh, which is signifies basically abundance mm -hmm. in your life when, when asking the question of money. Yeah. So that was a good card to pull. That was. So, and you brought me home a cool thing okay. from Tennessee. This is probably, uh, one of the first times you actually brought me back something that I was like, I didn't have to fake that I liked. <laughs> And let's be honest, I'm not good at faking it. So 
No, you return a lot of things that I buy for you. I was I really liked it, so you did. So maybe part of this is why does my spouse control the gifts that she gets? You did a good job. You brought me uh-huh. a cool T-shirt, mm-hmm. some chocolate, mm-hmm. some incense, mm-hmm. and two oracle card decks. Yep, yep. So. Yep, the sacred rebel, which is totally you. So, uh, all right, we are going to dig into this topic of... So, so my, that was my interesting thing. So I'm not going to talk about another interesting thing today. So, so the, the topic we're going to talk about is why we try to control each other in relationships. Why does my partner, so maybe you're feeling, so let's talk about, I mean, this is something we don't struggle. We don't struggle with this at all. No, this is why we're talking about because we're so (laughs) good at it. This is why we're the experts at how not to try to control each other. Aren't we? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially you. (laughs) <laughs> well, usually when you call somebody else out, I it know, really it's is really a reflection of yourself. Yeah. I know, I know, it's the sad part. So, uh, all right, so we're going to talk about this. So, this is an interesting topic. Um, I think as young married people, it's very, very common to go through this journey of trying, of struggling to like not. So, like, there's two identities here. So, you're you have two people, and whether you our low expectation person or high expectation person, I think it's almost impossible to go into a relationship without some sort of expectations. Well, what do you mean when you clarify low expectation, high expectation? Cause I think that can apply differently to. Well, I, I think some people are go with the flow kind of people. Like, I think some people are sort of like, yeah, you know, I'm like, whatever. I'm just grateful to be in a relationship. And like, for me, it's like, you know, I don't like, th- I there's think, some areas where I think I'm really low expectation. No, no, no. I th- I think so too. I think. Um, and there's other areas where I'm very high expectation. I guess that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So. The, the where we are low and high are. Very distinct. Different. Yeah. 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 So, so the the nature of having areas of a relationship that have higher expectation leads to what do I do with this expectation that I have? And I think on one hand, there's, there's some real value in looking at, you know, why you have the expectation is, is the expectation healthy or is there another way to look at the expectation? So what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I don't, we're human, so I don't think, it's reasonable to say that you're never going to have expectations or you're going to get rid of them and then never struggle with it again. Mm -hmm. Let's rewind to a little bit of when we were first married, some of the, maybe the expectation challenges that we had that, that resorted into ways that we tried to control each other. So you didn't have a lot of expectations for me as a spouse, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You did? (laughs) I never felt them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think I had a lot of expectations, not just for you, maybe just ex- expectations of what I thought marriage was going to be like. Yeah. So like, what were some of your expectations and, or maybe common expectations that young people have young women? Oh. Well, I think pe- maybe people in general, especially if you get married really young that, and maybe if you haven't had a lot of serious relationships, mm-hmm. which was your case. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just thought you fell in love and like you got married and it just worked out. <laughs> it just worked out. <laughs> it's just easy. Once it's you so find dumb, someone to, though, it does. <laughs> once you find someone you love, it's just it just works. You it's happily ever after. 
Well, the, that's what the movies. That's show. what the movies show. That's what books. I mean, show. I I think that was more of a subconscious like expectation. Like I don't I don't think it was like a like something I was like thinking about. I just thought you just you do the things and the things just work. <laughs> yeah. So so I think part of it is that we. So one of the things I think with relationships is I think we, we have certain things that for us, we want to be met. And if those things are met, then we sort of sit in an equilibrium of happiness. And well, also I think I assumed that because you had been married before mm-hmm. that you understood it better and all the different aspects and mm-hmm. that that was going to make it easier. <laughs> yeah. I was the expert. That was dumb that too. Did want, that you did not want to learn from. Yeah. So, uh, so, and I, well, I think that then sometimes uh, a little bit in the, in the culture we grew up in, like, I think, um, not, not, not that like, well, men are, men were quote unquote head of the household. Yeah, At but least you didn't have that, but there was still, you didn't, you didn't necessarily, your, your family wasn't exactly like that. It was a little more balanced, but I did default to, I'm okay if you want to take care of me, mm-hmm. but, but you like, you don't own me and you don't get to tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. You definitely did not want anybody telling you what to do. And I think, um, growing up in Orthodox religion, mm-hmm. Uh, I think I kind of had the mindset like I'm a good per. I, I really felt like I was a good person. You were a good person. I mean, you, you, yeah, you're, you're like a. My, I don't think my struggles in life manifested until I was in a serious relationship, which happened to be you, and we were married, mm-hmm. and then those started really becoming apparent. But I think I thought I'm, I'm a good person, um, and so God's gonna bless me with a really awesome marriage that's not going to take a lot of work. It's just going to be amazing because I'm amazing. And well, I thought yeah, you that's, were amazing. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think, you know, before you're in a relationship, you know, you have a relationship with your parents and that, and that can be stressful and stressful on them, stressful on you as, you know, kids are trying to like shape their identities and stuff. But you, this is kind of what you're saying. You were kind of a goody, goody, did your homework, didn't go, didn't go crazy as a teenager. Wasn't was a really good like, child, a good sister, a good friend. I was nice to everybody. Yeah, people liked you. People you were liked, voted yeah. like what was it? Junior class favorite. Junior class favorite. <laughs> I'm just I mean, joking, guys. you're so popular. So I didn't cool. really care about school. Yeah, the social aspect of school. You were you were relatively smart. Like you, like school didn't wasn't hard for you. You could sit down and study. So you were like this. You were si- sort of the the societal picture of goodness yeah right and so why would why would life not just continue to be respond to that in the way it had in the past right which was rewarded you with people liked you your friends but i'd liked never you. really had a serious romantic relationship right and that's very different from any other type of relationship yeah you'll have yeah so if you're a young married person you, and you can love them the most and then they can hurt you the most yeah well, because because what do, what isn't required in that initial phase of living is often it's not it's it, it, it we're we're trying to figure out how to do this with our kids, but is requiring a little vulnerability out of them, mm-hmm. requiring a journey of vulnerability with us, right? And requiring is kind of a weird word to say that, but but we're we're engaging with them 
in ways that when things are tough and, and there's a place of vulnerability, we don't just back down and say, oh, okay, that's uncomfortable for you. So we'll just stop talking about that. Right. We want to cultivate an environment that. That helps them to realize they can step into vulnerability and that vulnerability actually creates connection and openness with others around you, not they don't look down on you when, when you're being vulnerable, which is, I think the practice that not very many of us have. Yeah. And I think I grew up with, you know, this perfectionistic. Mm -hmm. Well, you were told you were perfect. I was. Yeah. And you were, you know, you were (laughs) attractive and smart and kind and. Well, I, I will admit that life came pretty easy as a young person, as a young person up until I married you. Yeah. Like it really, it so really guys, did. there's I did, the formula. I mean, I, we can I, see the I did form- have struggles, which we won't go into. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I, I didn't have anything that okay. was hard, but really from the outside, my hard things were internal. Okay. Um, so this like is an interesting, demons, okay. So not, this is an interesting thing because what, what you're kind of expressing is, is on one hand, it appeared that life was pretty easy. And for the most part, I will say it was my things that, that, the struggles I experienced as a teenager mm-hmm. were internal. So I kept them hidden. And so really from the outside looking in, like I was never bullied. I never felt rejected. Mm-hmm. I always had really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I got along with everyone really easily. Mm-hmm. I felt like other people respected me. I made good grades. Um, this internal struggle though, would you say that you were struggling to find happiness though? Um, I would say I was for the most part, a happy teenager. Mm -hmm. Now I think when you're struggling with anything that kind of dampens it. Right. Well, I think the nature of that, that transition phase of just 14 to 18 years old, you're trying to find yourself. No matter who you are, you're trying to discover who you are and to kind of become grounded Mm -hmm. and feel comfortable in your your and so skin. maybe you're saying it, there was a struggle there, but it wasn't something that overwhelmed you with with great stress or disappointment. To no, the like I that... had a relatively stable home life. I mm-hmm. had parents that I knew that loved me. Mm-hmm. I had siblings that I got along with for, you know. Yeah, normal sibling stuff. But right, yeah. I didn't have a volatile. Yeah, we yeah we teenage... were both very very lucky with the family Years, that yeah. we grew up with in that way compared to so many of our friends and some of the things that they've faced growing up and whether it was neglect or actual abuse or even very very even darker stuff than that so so we we neither of us had that and yet and yet even having relatively stable relationships around us marriage was very very hard yeah yeah i mean we would both agree that that the first six years of marriage were nearly as what? hard as anything that we've ever had to yeah i mean they had, there were good times mixed in there but it right was... it wasn't every day every moment yeah, but it felt consistently like work. Yeah, it, as in it took eff- like it was effortful, effortful and <laughs> and draining and and hopeless at times and and I mean I think we've shared that you know with each other pretty pretty clearly. So so what was it that that so so in that in those stages in those spaces where now you're you're navigating life with another human being and and I'll I'll give you my quick version so of growing up so mm-hmm. my quick version was I was a very sensitive kid I I I cared a lot about people I liked being friends um 
from a masculine feminine energy standpoint, if you've ever studied that uh, healthy masculinity, not this conversation of toxic masculinity, but, but healthy masculinity and healthy femininity, you know, and, and our beliefs are that there's, we both have both, both. feminine and masculine energies. Uh, and I grew up rewarded for my feminine energies um, that created a really great relationship with my mom, um, with my dad that, uh, my dad was very masculine. I feel like a very masculine man in a lot of ways. And so he, he had a tenderness to him that, that at times would show up, but, uh, especially in my early ages, um, he, he definitely was sort of the dominant force. And so I figured out it was easier to be in a place of sort of, um, femininity. And maybe it was also sort of like a little more natural for me to just be friendly. And so being, being nurturing of relationships of people around me, things like that, rather than being sort of this, this, um, directed and will, you know, there wasn't a lot of room for my direction, I feel like, and my dad's direction in our family. And, and I don't think he just had ever, you know, his dad was kind of the same way. I don't think he was taught any differently. Um, I don't fault him a lot for that. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of a normal dad, father, son, where you're trying to figure out, okay, how do you help your son to find directedness? When he's kind of, he, sometimes when he's finding his own, like I did, you know, he's kind of talking back. He's sort of, he's a little smart alecky. He's a little bit, you know, egotistical. And that's, I think that's hard, especially for the last generation to be in a place of like, where respect is so important and they're not feeling that from their son. And so, so it's it sort of, it causes a shutdown. I felt like I got kind of shut down with when I tried to be really directed. Um, and then I wasn't really talented. Like I was not the most talented of kids. So what I found my, what, what my solution was, I, I became like a worker. So I would work, I worked like three jobs my senior year in high school. Cause I just liked working. I could make money. I was, I could be directed. I could go figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then, and obviously many of you have heard the story to some, have we shared the story about Melissa? I don't know if we've talked we about this, but, but so I was married before and then my wife died when I met Melissa, when I met Molly and, um, she had passed away and we, we got married a few years after, um, Melissa died. So, so I had been in a relationship before that relationship was relatively easy. Now, some of that I will honor is, was because of the nature of the situation that we knew she had cancer. And there's sometimes you get a, you know, light flashed on your relationship. It causes you to be more reflective, but it also, there, there was something about just our personalities that was a little bit more naturally easy than for whatever reason it was with me and you. Um, and we've talked a lot about this and sometimes that feeling of, uh, it's a, it's a challenging thing in a relationship. That's not what we're going to talk about today, but so, so why did we, so how did we go to try to controlling each other and what did we do? So I'll, I'll start with me. So I think one thing for me was, um, we were quite different in our interests. Um, I grew up very, very, I would say religious and, and religious topics were important most of our conversations were around religious things but when i tried to bring that into our conversation uh, i didn't do that very effectively um and and i and i think you would own some of your part too but it, it felt like i was kind of teaching you and you didn't like that so so we kind of shut that off that was really yeah. hard i think i felt less than yeah and so it wasn't that we didn't we i mean we would go to church every sunday and we would do quote unquote church religious spiritual things but there wasn't a lot of mutual growth in and discussion in those areas, which was kind of a shutdown of that area, like yeah. that piece of my life that I really enjoyed. Uh, or I, I, I was really familiar with. Um, and then we had, 
d- differing. I would go to work all day and be working, and you were sitting in a hotel room for the first couple years of our life. Yeah, because we lived on the road. Yeah. And we didn't have a car for like the first eight months. Second car, yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't have a second car. So I, I, I mean, I could have taken public transportation, but um, the first place we were was the DC sniper. So I didn't want to. Yeah. So I, I did. I stayed at home. I, I think also, so I really crave certainty. So our life was very uncertain. It, it was, and it was so unfamiliar to mm. me. I went from living at home, getting married, and living on the road. Mm-hmm. There was, it was very extreme for me. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of, it kind of felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. Mm-hmm. And then, then I didn't have a, a vehicle and I didn't work. And I was really lacking like direction in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, leads to more control when you're when you don't have anything to grasp and hold on to you'll start just grasping and holding on to anything and that usually shows up in some form of control and so how did you see yourself experiencing that in our relationship um i i kind of when i go to control i go to kind of drill sergeant i want everything how i want it organized i want i want as much certainty in any area I can make certain as possible. Yeah. Oh, that's really not fun. <laughs> it, it, it was challenging. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm a little more laid back and, and to me, um, it, it's kind of like, is this necessary? Is this in the, in, right in the name of, we're still really trying to get to know each other mm-hmm. and I'm showing up like this and it's not very fun. And so you don't really know what to do with it. And so in you not knowing what to do with it, you don't validate any of my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so then I feel less than mm-hmm. and stupid for mm-hmm. feeling how I felt. But, but then I just like dug my heels in more. Yeah. And then you dug your heels in more. Yeah. I think, I think what happens is you find what you do value. Right. And then you, so, so there are certain areas of our relationship that, that I valued and you kind of knew if you made those areas not not as possible or not as appreciated, then and so then and, and one of the things I've noticed as we've been studying a lot about this um, kind of codependence concepts is is I started to become I think more codependent on your appreciation of me, and I wanted I wanted to get validation for who I was. And that I was okay by, by pleasing you. And so it was like, oh, oh, it's not clean enough. Okay. Then I'll clean harder. I'll clean. I'll try to do more. I'll try to make your life easier. Which actually is not very attractive. It, which, which then creates a lack of polarity in our relationship. So it, it, it decreases the attraction for each other. And so to, to me, and, and it's in, and it's, it, this is kind of the, the blind spot that I don't think we realize as young married people. And, and even today it's, it's still, at time, I mean, it's, it, it's still something I have to be careful about it it's this it is a mechanism of control that i use it's yeah, yours was more subtle mine was more apparent so i think it was easy to yeah, be like yeah look, people look would what you're say, doing you're a controlling person people yeah. wouldn't normally say i was a controlling person but but if you break down what i was doing i was trying to control my discomfort 
with feeling rejection or feeling unappreciated or feeling not good enough. And the way I did that was, uh, either by, um, you know, I, you know, I've tried all of the things, you know, pity party, uh, poor me, you know, Oh, I'm not, you know, Oh, I'm not good enough for you. Or, um, I'm trying to think of some of the things I used to do back in the day, like, um, maybe, maybe kind of stonewalling or, or, you know, pushing up against you and making you feel like it was all your fault. Um, I'm in the right, you're in the wrong. If we, you know, I remember, I remember distinctly feeling as a young married person, well, man, if we interviewed a hundred people, 99 would think I'm right. Oh, and I knew that. Yeah. And you, it, you, you didn't did, have to say it. Yeah. I didn't have to say it, yeah. but you feel. And so that. I constantly felt inferior. What we don't realize is that that what's going on in our heads when that's happening is we're trying to control the discomfort the dysregulation that is happening in the relationship. And so even though it's not what we deem control or we think of as control, it is a mechanism of control that we use. And it's, it's a control over not having to really be honest with each other and saying, uh, and, and I think we're, we're really ineffective at honesty as an early relationship. It's like, Oh no, I was honest. Like, uh, yeah, you, you know, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'll be honest with you. I'm mad at you. Or I'm, um, I, I wasn't mad. Wasn't usually my preference, but it was. Um, you didn't share your feelings a whole lot. Yeah, I didn't share my feelings a whole lot. So, so I, w I wasn't really honest. No, I was. I was. I played martyrdom. Yeah. How do I be? How do I be martyr enough that she realizes that she's really hurting me? <laughs> you know, which is a yeah. total. It's a control. It's a control model. Yeah, but you were like a perpetually happy martyr. Is very confusing. Well, I value peace, happiness, and joy in life. And so... Right. So you were really good at just focusing on that and just shoving everything else. Yeah. I... I, I remember when we started going through therapy and we started sharing feelings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's like a person. He like feels, <laughs> feels things. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I, I know it sounds funny. Well, okay, so, so but it really what, was su surprising. Yeah. So what I would say to that is is um, with the way I grew up, um, my mom was not an angry person ever. I don't remember like a lot of anger, but she felt a lot. She was a woman. She 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 she, she was a, she was an emotional. She felt emotion. Right. My dad was very like even killed. Like it, you rarely saw emotion out of my dad, and so. As a, as a young boy, you're trying to figure out like what is the right way to be in life. And I think I sort of, I sort of got to this place where I was like, oh, the way dad is, is the right way. The way mom is, is not always the right way because she's being, she's not able to handle what's going on. So she's expressing emotion. So I made, I demonized emotion and I thought to be my best self, I had to be non-emotional and that's not actually to me true now you can be emotional like i also think there's a distinction between being uh feeling emotion and behaving with emotion those to me are worth looking at and and um and i think in the name of well i think it's the direction you're pointing your emotions out because you can behave i mean like if you're angry or feeling frustration you can go pound it on the pavement and run or go do a punching bag or you can yeah, that's a good point. I think you can express those kind of heavier emotions, mm -hmm. but I think it's where you're directing it mm -hmm. because, because when you're really happy, like, yeah, if you're just, if, 
if you don't feel like you're allowed to like be exuberant or celebratory or mm-hmm. joyful, I mean, if you're saying you can't do it with the hard emotions and you're also saying you can't do it with the. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. The happier. So I think it's where your emotions are directed. Um, kind of if you were to react mm-hmm. versus respond. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's something I think we still struggle with sometimes is, is you feeling honored in what you feel emotional about. Um, I mean, even recently you've said that you feel sometimes that I don't like other than happy emotions, I'm not okay with that. Right. Well, I think when I'm not maybe in a, like feeling happy Mm -hmm. and I might be feeling something like overwhelm or I think that's really uncomfortable for you because I think in the past, those emotions were completely directed towards you. And so then it reflect, then it felt like it reflected on who you are as a person, even though now I'm like, no, I'm not like angry at you. I'm not blaming you. I'm just, I'm feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, and if, if, if we want to have an open communicative relationship, I need to be able to share that with you and not have you take that on? Like, yeah. And I think it's a fine line, right? Like it's like, when, when is it that you're sharing that with me and, and I'm taking it on, which I do, which I like, I have to acknowledge. And then when is it that you're sharing with me, but you are kind of putting it on me and then asking me not to take it on. Right. That's also like, and so that's, I think the fine line. So it's, it's, they're both control mechanisms, right? Like if, if, if you're feeling emotion and I'm not able to sit with that emotion, so I'm like shutting you down, I'm controlling the space between us to say, this is uncomfortable. I'm unwilling to sit in discomfort. And so I'm going to make you feel bad for, or I'm going to sort of reject your emotional expression in an effort to control what I actually am experiencing. Cause I don't want to experience that. And so I think this is, this is and we could talk about this for so long. Um, and maybe if you guys are liking this conversation, let us know. Maybe we'll have another podcast about this, this element, but I think, um, what there is for me and, and what there is that I love about this conversation is that um, sometimes it is easier to have the conversation about control with you because your control is very overt. Yeah. The way in which that you show control is really, it's, you know, it's cleaning, organizing, you know, making sure things are precise and in line. It's kind of the, the traditional yeah. Yours method. Yours is of, more subtle because yeah. sometimes I'll ask you, like, I can tell your energy mm-hmm. is off and I'm like, well, how are you feeling? Like mm-hmm. what, what's going on? Yeah. And you're like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. So that's your form of control is yeah. I'm going to just I'm gonna, put a dam up. Yeah. And, I'm going to control that. We're not going to go to that space of really process. Now, sometimes that's, I think it's, it's, it's appropriate to know where you're at and just like it's appropriate for me sometimes to, for you to say, look, I'm, I'm not in a space to, to really like, right. Um, but to, to be able to say that, like, yeah. no, not, I, I'm not feeling super great, but I'm still trying to, figure out what those feelings are or I need mm-hmm. to process a little more before I can talk to you about it. I think that's fine. Yeah. So, so I think maybe one of the things to leave the podcast with is, is so, so what I was hoping I think with this podcast was that I might shed some light for some of us that maybe don't think we're controllers um, and, and see how maybe we still are leveraging ways and, and manipulating a relationship in a control mechanism. That's a little more uh, covert and and so maybe you can be honest with yourself if if you're doing that in the relationship um i know it's been really powerful for you for me to to own more of that yeah 
and and I think um, it's created a more. I think it's created a space for me to more honestly look at myself and mm. realize no, it's not all on me. So I have a little breathing room to be like, okay, but I I can acknowledge what I do need to work on and then work on that. It feels more joint. Whereas yeah. before it felt like, well, if our marriage is this bad and it's all on me, then I, I don't know how to fix it. It felt too overwhelming. Yeah. So the easiest thing would be, was to just ignore it. Yeah. Right. Let's just try to make more good times than bad. And <laughs> well, I think that may be a good topic for next week is ownership. Why it's so hard to own our own stuff. Um, so, so let's maybe leave the podcast with, um, what are, what are some of the things that we are finding compared to when we were first married that, uh, what are some ways in which we're helping ourselves or, or, okay, let's talk about, maybe let's go two directions with this. What are some ways in which we help each other when the other person is trying to control us? Mm Mm-hmm. And then what are some ways in which we're trying to help ourselves when we're feeling the control? So, so how do we help each other when the other is trying to control, trying to go to control? How do we help each other? How do I know? How do I help you? Uh, no, that's, you have to think of how you help me. Um, I know how you help me. Okay. If I'm, if I'm going to a controlling place, mm-hmm. you like sharing how that makes you feel like how you're talking to me hurt is hurting me or like when mm. you can really share how you're feeling that it's kind of a light bulb moment. Cause that mm. was not prevalent at all early in on. our early years of marriage. And mm. so for you to be able to do that, it makes me pause for a second and be like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, you're not really wanting to hurt me. I don't want to hurt you. I love you. Yeah. So, okay. I need to pause and like go take some deep breaths or something. Okay. So if, if you're in a place where you're feeling a little overwhelmed and so that maybe you're in that mechanism of being I a little drill sergeant. sharp, a little bit quicker, a little bit of maybe even a little bit of blame then for me to sit and say, um, I hear you and I feel hurt or I, I feel right. When you say like this, how you're talking to me hurts my feelings. Yeah. It, it makes me, you know, I feel less than, or, you know, when you make it about you. Right. That's the key. That's the key it, for I'm me. Like, yeah. For that, me. That I, that I, cause I, cause I can do it where I'm like, you shouldn't be doing this or we don't need to. So some of the things that I used to do were like, we don't need to talk to each other that way. Yeah. Or I remember when our therapist, therapist called me out on that. Yeah. It was really, oh really eye opening. It was angels saying that thing. <laughs> No, really, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it really was, for me it, too because it it bugged the hell out of me, but I couldn't ex- like tell you why. Yeah, in in a in a productive like way of yeah. why that did not work for. And me. I couldn't see why it was wrong. Like, so what would happen is, you know, Molly occasionally when she gets overwhelmed, she's she's a little bit I, snappy, and yeah, and you're like, we don't talk like that. I'm like, oh, we don't. Well, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I couldn't see what was wrong with that because I was like, hey, hey you know, it, it, to me, it was like we don't we don't need to talk to each other that way, or you know, and it was meant to be like we're better than this, but I didn't well, but, see. But, but saying we're better than this means you're being less than right, and I didn't see the sort of uh, derog. What, what's the word we always say that I do? Patronizing this how I was patronizing her because I wasn't the one doing it. So of course oh we gosh. don't do this because I wasn't doing it, but you are. So you're the bad and I'm the good. 
And it's such a, it's a, such a, wonder, a, a subtle, yeah. Made me want way. brass knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> Couple throat punches. Really, I, that was, that's probably at the top of my like things that yeah. you don't do it often now. And oh, I'm, yeah. and I'm usually, no, but I did place, it the other day and you called me out. But on I it. can, I can yeah. do it in a more productive we laugh way kind of yeah. about it now. Whereas before, oh, um, yeah. So don't we anything. Um, Even as parents. Yeah. Well, yeah that, that, maybe that's what you did recently. You kind of caught me doing it with our kids, right? Yeah. So uh, that that's a subtle pattern that I had developed. So you really showing up and being like, this is hurting me. Yeah. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. And so. it's uncomfortable. I think what it is is for me, I don't like anybody to feel bad. And sometimes you have to allow your other partner, your partner to feel bad. Well, I think like you've, always over, you've always over, you've always over in a relationship yeah. trying to protect my feelings. Yeah. So you wanted to experience the least amount of negative feelings as possible. And, and well, uh, but I, I think this is actually something well, you I'm realizing. Didn't want, you didn't want me to hurt. I don't want you to hurt. I love you. I care about you. And so for me to say to me, for me to be really direct and say, Hey, you're hurting me. It almost is like I'm going to ask you to own that you're you're bad, and it was almost easier to not have you own it and say, "Well, this is a we thing. Like we're not like like we that like allows me to own." It. This is really interesting to process out loud because I hadn't thought about it this way. But but it's so ineffective, and the end result is you actually feel lesser about you and lesser well, about it's, me. It's kind of a one up stance. It is no, it absolutely we, is. We we don't do this, honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, right. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just did, so we we apparently do. <laughs> you don't, but I do. I, like yeah. I would, but, it just fueled the fire that yeah. I was already feeling. But but there's there's sort of this honoring of the other person. This was the thing that really and hit because me. I don't like people telling me what to do. It just right. made me like, oh okay, yeah. But but by me saying more of what I do now, where it's like it's like hey hey sweetheart, like I love you, but the way you're talking to me really it's hard for me to process effectively. And it's, I, I, I'm not feeling what I want to feel about you when you're talking that way. And so, but it's all, but really the most helpful thing is, and it hurts. This is hurting. This me. is hurting me. Okay. Yeah. Because the other one sounds too, like you're trying to be too in control. Like, just tell yeah. me how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we do this really well. Don't we? These I just want to know how you like that. Um, that is the single most effective thing you can be like, I, I like how you're talking to me is hurting my feelings. Yeah. I feel really low right now. Well, and I think what, what's subtly powerful about that is it says, I trust you to be able to handle hearing that. And that actually is an empowering way to be in a relationship versus you can't handle knowing that you're not perfect. So I'm going to pretend like you in reality, I already know I'm I'm not right, perfect. Right. Because when you share how you really feel, what you're doing is saying, "Here's my heart." Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You you can hurt it more, or you mm-hmm. can see that it's hurting, and and you can, yeah, help heal it. Mm-hmm. And that's vulnerable. Yeah. Because it can, the person can stomp on it more, or you know, wrap it in their love. Yeah. And so I I think because we had a pattern early on where I like to do a lot of stomping. Mm-hmm. You haven't trusted yourself enough to share truly how you're feeling. Yeah. Well, I, and I think 
I think there is always the question of, is this mine to deal with or is this ours to deal with? Like, is, is, am I feeling something that really is mine to process through and you shouldn't have to process that with me because it's not your stuff? Or well, is it doesn't, it... sharing doesn't mean I have to process it with you. Sharing mm -hmm. just means this is where I'm at emotionally right now. Yeah, and I'm willing to be known about. I'm yeah. willing for that to be known. But but I think sometimes like you're I think sometimes you're you're processing something like you're feeling hurt by the other person like I'm feeling I'm interpreting something you're doing as mm -hmm. as sort of painful or hurt and and yet there's another side of me that's like well that's like okay let's say let's say you're feeling sick mm -hmm. you're, you're we get home from dinner and something didn't go right or whatever and you're feeling sick and you maybe voice that to me like you've gotten better about saying hey you know I'm, my stomach's not doing very good or whatever so then my brain may still be like oh she doesn't you know there's rejection going on here, but there are my, you know, something in me may be like, Oh, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to cuddle tonight. We're not going to get close tonight. And, and there's cuddle, a, huh? yeah, you can say sex. Okay. We're not going <laughs> to have sex tonight. And I'm, and I'm like, so I'm in this place of like, well, you, it may not be cuddling either. Cause sometimes like you just want distance <laughs> completely. Right. And so, so for me, there's a part of me that's like feeling rejection, but knows that that's, that's really my own. Like that's, I've got to, I've got to be able to handle that. Sometimes right, I'm not your, saying your you body. Have, right, but if I but if I ask you like, yeah, but if I, I so but if I were like, well, I'm feeling I'm feeling rejection right now. I, that's not really on you that I'm feeling rejection. That's me unable to interpret the reality of what's going on. So it's, it's like, I guess maybe I could find a way to express that. Like I'm I'm struggling with. Just say I just, or you could just say I just need to process feeling rejected. I know this is mine to own, but I just maybe needed a little. Yeah. Five minute like space mm -hmm. to process. I'll be fine. Yeah. I, you don't have to. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we've been married long enough. I can tell. Right. You know, really but, any way. <laughs> but sometimes when I ask you how you're feeling or uh -huh. other, not just in that scenario. And, and well, I, I tell you another scenario where it is where with around like certain financial things. Right. And maybe you're feeling you've been in a place of stress all week. And to me, I don't have all the answers figured out. And so I know sharing with you, well, I'm kind of stressed out about but these actually, financial things. That doesn't make me more stressed. It makes mm -hmm. me feel normal, mm -hmm. like a normal human that like, Oh, okay. Matt feels those things too. We're, we're mm -hmm. in this together. Mm -hmm. We can both feel a little bit overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like a relatable. But the connection. overwhelm for you creates disconnection. I don't feel like the overwhelm for me creates disconnection. So your overwhelm then creates disconnection from me. So that's why I try to control it. Like this is the mechanism. But you that we... sharing how you feel actually mm -hmm. makes me feel reconnected to you because I feel disconnected in my emotions because I feel like I am feeling everything and you feel nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think is... that's what empathy is is when you can connect with someone even if you're not experiencing those same emotions you're mm -hmm. relating to their emotional state where they don't feel so alone in whatever they're feeling trusting the value of open communication is one of the keys to moving beyond trying to control each other yeah and it's a journey which we're obviously still on as we're talking about this we're almost it's fun. 20 years in we're going yeah. strong guys <laughs> And I think this is our point in exposing this side of us is, is is to say, hey, it's normal to feel these things, go through these things. Maybe there's something you've seen that you haven't heard of before, recognized, um, <clears throat> and and you can see that the challenge that it is to try to 
live in a vulnerable open place and that's why it's kind of the freedom the freedom of loving each other fully comes in a space of trusting the to be radically honest and um and sharing that which you're you know which you, you guys can probably hear just it's hard for me it's 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 a it's a hard thing for me <laughs> i thought it was so hard for me but yeah. i mean I, I do have but it's i don't know but but in those moments when you'd be like oh yeah dude that that mm. is connecting yeah for me yeah and for me what what is connecting when when you're feeling the need for control so what you do well is when you lean in is when you may feel the overwhelm you may feel the need for control and you come to me and i you don't even have to say anything it's almost more like with your body there's just a trusting that i'm in this with you and that you're not alone that i'm worthy of the trust that that you're feeling difficult to extend right that to me i think is is what works and is valuable in in when you're feeling that um and and then also i think you've done you're you're you've made a drastic difference in when you're feeling those overwhelms to express them in a way that isn't blaming that that you can feel out of control and 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 be emotional about it but but there's not the directed um ridic what's the word um sort of negative words right there's not a, there's not these judgmental words mm -hmm. about me as you're feeling that and i think the more that a couple can try to you know not be blaming the other person when they're feeling that overwhelm and find out why that's about them is that's really really key so um in in wrapping this up this is a long long one hopefully people enjoy it i didn't know we could talk this long about this stuff yeah so uh, the last thing I would say is, is any tips, any tips for not going, not even, not even, not when, not just when you're in control, but what are some tips to, to keep from controlling your partner? Um, I like those signs around our house react versus respond. Yeah. Yeah. I think finding what works for you, like, um, whether you need to like remove yourself go outside, go in your bedroom. Yeah. Be um, okay with a little space when things are getting breaths, a little bit out of like reconnect feeling, with yourself. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so, so signs around your house that say like, have you simple mess? Like the other one that was really helpful when we read Tic Tac Non, um, uh, I feel like I need to say, say God rest his soul, but that's kind of a weird thing, but I loved him and I'm sad that he's moved from this life, but his words are really powerful. But, um, the, the whole thing of, of, I can't remember oh, exactly. Like I, see you, I see you. I, I hear, hear you, you. I value you. I value you. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But, yeah, that's but, it. No, that was it. Okay. It was, I see you. I hear you. I value you. Like for me, that is something that um, if I'm trying to control you, I'm probably not trying to see you, hear you, or value you. And so those words were really powerful. The res re respond versus react, which uh, is in several different writings, but we, we, we did it, it in from... studying from Bob's book, uh, Adversaries and Allies. So we put those all around the house and try to help remind ourselves. Um, and anything else that you would say that helps you? Well, then, and then, and then just being okay with requesting the pause mm -hmm. when you're feeling yourself in that place of, 
I need to control you. I need to sort of blame you being willing to say, I need to pause. I need to pause. I need Mm -hmm. to, I need, I need a moment. Um, and I think it's important to be careful about not, you know, maybe you do need to come back and and have the conversation. We're not big on like just letting things slide. We struggle with that sometimes though. Sometimes we'll, we'll not talk about things, but yeah, you're just like, I need to shelf this for, yeah. Till I'm in an energy space and then I got to go do my work to get into the energy space to be able to communicate about it. Um, and sometimes that's a, it's for me, sometimes that's scary to come back to it. Cause it's like, Oh great. I'm going to stir this thing up again. But I think it's really, but if I can do it from a place of, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a better place. I know I can handle whatever she's going to hear or feel initially about this. And I'm going to stay, you know, now I may have to kind of correct what she's, where you're taking it to say, okay, no, I can appreciate how you're seeing that, but it's not what I'm trying to say. Can I ask you to hear me a little bit more? or try to listen to what I'm saying so we can really get to the heart of this. And I think that if you're, if you can do that from a place of sort of centeredness, you can, and and your partner usually is strong enough if they really do love you to willing to, to go through those hard conversations. So have you enjoyed this? Yeah. I like talking with you. I like talking with you too. I did realize some things today that were interesting. I got to look at and think on a little bit more. So thank you for all the years of trying to control me. I appreciate that. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't do it for just anybody. <laughs> so we hope that you've enjoyed this out of control episode. And next week we're going to talk about ownership. And so we'll talk why ownership is difficult and what ownership looks like in a relationship. And maybe we'll get ownership versus over-functioning. That would be a good topic. So okay. what's the difference between owning yourself and knowing your part versus over-functioning? I think we're still trying to figure well, we're trying to figure out all these concepts. We're just having the discussions. We're not here pretending like we got it all figured out. But if you would like to hear our thoughts on some things, then we can share our own journeys in that. So check it out in the um, information below. And we'll create a website called streamandfreedom.com forward slash questions. That questions. Would, okay, that would be you. I'll create that so that they can <laughs> ask that question. All right. It's time to wrap up, but next week is going to be amazing. And if you like the podcast, take a moment to rate and review. And you can do that on iTunes by simply going on the podcast that you're listening to right now. That episode right below that is the out of control podcast title. Click on that and then scroll all the way down to the bottom where it'll say write a review. When you leave a review, we have a special gift we're going to give away each week to one person with the funniest or best review. And once you leave a review, you're in the running for all future week's prizes.